When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. Bingetown, how are we feeling today? It's your boy Dave here with Kyle, Paul, and Alki. We are going to be continuing our coverage of the better squid game, Alice in Borderland, specifically covering episodes three and four. These were two episodes Ooh. that really hit home for me. I just felt like we were really transported back into that season one vibe and mentality. It was it was just so good getting a, a very uh, hearts game specifically. I think this was probably personally the best game that we've been introduced to since the wins with the witch hunt game. And anytime we get a Chishia based episode or episodes, you know, they're going to pop off. And that is exactly what we got in this episode. We got a lot of new characters introduced in these couple episodes, as well as some returning characters that we'll get to in the end. But I have to say personally that these two episodes were phenomenal. I absolutely love this game. It was so cool. Just, Get knowing that we could just separate the groups up a little bit and just have different perspectives and not just solely focus on Arisu, Usagi, that kind of squad that we can also venture out and just get a little bit more perspective of what other people are doing. So these episodes were amazing. I'll stop it right there and just open up the floor to what everyone else's overall thoughts were on episodes three and four. I think it was a great wrap up to the King of Clubs game. Great introduction into the Jack of Hearts. Um, great conclusion to the Jack of Hearts, and then I mean the the setup for where we could go from now on is I, I don't even know the the cliffhanger at the end of four was fantastic. I mean, probably couldn't have timed it better for the podcast to get our full reactions of of returning fan favorite. Um, so it great two eps back to back. Yeah, I think. The more I think about it of what maybe my recipe for perfect Alice in Borderland episodes are, and I want to say that these both combined hit everything you could possibly want. I mean, we have Arisu pulling something out to win a game with the help of a friend who makes a sacrifice and it gets us a little emotional. And then we have Chishia who's in a hearts game and he's out thinking other people and that's like hell fucking yeah. And now we're getting introduced to more interesting new characters that are also smart and that's amazing. That's what we want. And then we're getting uh, information about the world and we're getting maybe more tidbits about what the hell's actually going on. So it was, I, I don't think that there are, any other components besides maybe like an Arisu and Usagi kiss that I would ever want out of out of Alice in Borderline episodes. So I want to say it was they were they were borderline perfect for me. I want a sex scene. Well, that's baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> Just baby kidding. steps. I'm not. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I um I thought that three and four were great. You got some hints at new information. Um you're back in the thick of things with the Jack of Hearts game. It was, it was, in my opinion, the best game of the series so far. And I'm really excited with how this season is going now after these uh, episodes three and four, because, you know, like we talked about before, I thought episode one was a little slow and two was obviously really fun. And I just think that now we're finally cranked it to 11 and we're, we're going with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, 
episode four was definitely like the big mindfuck episode with i mean we get the film and then the returning character at the very end so there was just so much to get into so we're just going to cover it right now we're going to go we're going to start with how we open episode three which is a little bit of a water rising aka tata backstory essentially tata is just kind of a a fuck up at his job he doesn't really commit 100 percent to his job one day while he's working at a the car mechanic shop, he jacks up a car so that his manager or someone can um, work on it with him. However, the jack slips and completely crushes the manager's hand and immediately uh, Water Rising is fired and we get a little bit of um, where he's at in the world showing that he's definitely not a perfect human being. And this kind yeah, of ties into what Alki was saying into the first episode of the podcast where people who have been teleported to this quote-unquote world are kind of fuck up so we're still lining up with that and i don't know if alki if you want to elaborate any more on that or if you think we're I still thought, on that right path i thought that was the dr paul facenda theorem of teleportation i thought that was paul's idea well alki's thinking of like it's people who don't mean anything in society are the ones who are like the main ones I keep using this uh these two words misfits and outcasts i feel like everybody that's in it right now that's in borderland like just doesn't fit in they can't find their their way in society they can't kind of go with the grain the same way other people are you know and and i think that's the recurring theme you know arisu's like unemployed gamer who is a disappointment to his father his boys were disappointments um you know tata clearly can't you know function in a in a workplace environment he's clueless he's airheaded usagi's father is like in exile and shunned because of his actions and i think like a kuina is is a expressing herself but is like disowned by her family basically like there's just like that theme you know i wonder what chishia's is if if this theory is true but i think that that's the common denominator that i've been finding personally uh with all the players and it still it still holds up. Everyone we've been introduced to, like you said, besides maybe Chishia, has definitely not been um, perfect. I guess in the eyes of society. Yeah, and we haven't seen Chishia's background, obviously, because we know that he's he's on the take. He's in on it. <laughs> True. Yeah. But I now well listening to you rehash the backstory. Obviously, I caught the intentional parallel between him crushing that guy's hand and him having to crush his own hand to then win us the game. And all you just kept saying Jack, Jack, Jack. And I was like, oh my gosh, the episode, the next game is the Jack of Hearts. I don't know. That probably wasn't purposeful, but that just light bulb just clicked off in my head right there. Okay. That's interesting. That could have just that could just be a translation thing. Like who knows if the Ooh. word for a car jack and uh and a um jack of hearts in Japanese is is the same the way it is in English, but that still is pretty a cool. Wonderful point. Still pretty and probably cool. Probably the correct point. Who cares? <laughs> okay. I don't. But, yeah. but to continue on, we after we get the water rising backstory, we have Naragi just being his old self. But thankfully to the rescue is Arisu, who beats the shit out of Naragi. But Naragi is going full Joker here, just completely laughing in Arisu's face as he's getting wailed on and telling Arisu pretty much that they are one and the same, which is a very common phrase. I've been, now that I'm thinking about it in this in this show, that a lot of these, uh, especially between like Huma and Arisu, Naragi, Arisu, like they're always saying, you know, we're a lot more similar than you you think on paper, and that's kind of what the games do is that they they show you these things. And so, um, after Arisu is the man and saves 
uh, Usagi. He places Usagi, who's passed out by the base, and then meets up with Kyuma by the water, where Arisu asks for one final handshake as the two have kind of developed a little bit of a friendship and a mutual respect for one another, which to me personally, I thought was... At first, I thought it was a little... Um, a little corny. too obvious yeah and it just seemed like it was like Huma should have just known right away to just not accept the handshake but for me on my second rewatch i really thought it was more so about him passing the torch to adisu like it felt like rewatching that he kind of foresaw that adisu might have a plan to beat him and why he was so even after the handshake happens like he's just he doesn't even try to go back to the base or do anything he kind of just willingly commits to the final two minutes of being alive and then just has the 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 boss the the boss going out party but i I don't know that was just personally me as much as i like kuma as a character uh i like arisu more so i want it to be that arisu actually got one up on him and that he didn't let arisu win because he does end up he is shocked i guess by the levels that they were willing to go to to win which the level being we find out that arisu (laughs) smashes tata's hand slash wrist in a shipping container and just gruesomely Tata pops that thing off which was awful to watch it was not fun to watch Um, but honestly hand to chest heart whatever you want to I guess call it the right way and I'm going to be vulnerable since we're all friends here I (laughs) the only (laughs) uh, this is going to be bad the only idea that I could think of of how they were actually going to win like obviously Arisu wanted to shake his hand because he was confident that he had more points and I was what I wrote down (laughs) was that his shirt was touching because he didn't have his shirt so I'm like that's a clue he doesn't have his shirt so I'm like his shirt is touching the base and like it it can tell that it's Arisu's shirt (laughs) so that he has infinite points (laughs) because I I was like what the fuck is going on here I I don't blame you there I actually noticed I was like okay he's not wearing a shirt right now like where did it go he just took it off yeah, I thought that was interesting. It turns out he took it off because it was covered in blood. Yeah, it was a tourniquet, <laughs> essentially, for Tata's busted yeah. wrist. I have to comment on Kuma again. We kind of talked about this a little bit previously, but I understood his conversation with Arisu as kind of like a like a warning. He's like, you know, you can hmm. take this. You know, I did this my way. You can take this information and this win and do what you want with it. Take your path to it. And Kyle, you had mentioned before how he's very like the reality is kind of like how you perceive it. It's not really what how everyone else sees it and stuff. Personally, I thought it was a pretty big rookie move of Kuma being a king of whatever king of clubs to touch his hand. I understand like in his mind, he had it in the bag like he won. I just as I'm a cautious person, you know, I would have never touched Adis's hand. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of saying, too, is like, I feel like he should have, if you wanted that handshake, you could have just waited maybe the five minutes and then in that minute of before the laser comes down, then shake his hand. Shake his, shake his limp dead body. His <laughs> hand. Yeah, like oh. when the time expires and just like. There's like a yeah. minute between. I there is like, definitely a delay. There's definitely a delay. Yeah. If that laser's coming down, I'm not being anywhere near him. Just in case, I'm not getting collateral with that shit. Um, but I totally, yeah, just Kim. I took it as Kim's character was all about respect, and um, he even says like this game brought us so close together. <laughs> so he he has some level of respect for Arisu or whatever. You know, he says, "Oh, I was hoping to see you. I hope you can come here." Blah blah blah. So I think he just got got, and his reaction was genuine. He was like, "Oh shit, you totally just pulled one over on me." I think it was genuine, um, congrats, but I think he way. was so naive. That's all. 
That's oh, like sure. just that's all. And Dave, you wrote this down, so what? you should bring it up. How like when um uh Arisu was asking him and he gives him this BS answer. Like I wish we got like some more tangible information from Cuba since he seemed to be cool. You know, he was such a like he was genuinely cool yeah. with Arisu. He respected him. I wish he gave us a little more, but that would be too easy. Arisu's <laughs> acting is just that good. That's why like, he convinced <laughs> Kuyuma to shake his hand. I and mean, maybe what? it plays in a little bit to his character. He seems very devil may care. He, he's, yeah. with his, he's with his boys and his gal. He's got a squad. They're happy. They're healthy. He doesn't really, doesn't seem like he gives a fuck almost about anything else. Yeah, like know? he so is like, a little naive in that sense. Yeah, and that's it. Well, he's like, honestly, like, this is what's real to me. So this is all that really matters. I don't need to concern myself with the, the greater meaning of whatever the hell's fucking happening around me. I'm fucking playing some games with my boys and my gal. Mm-hmm. And we get an emotional send off to Kiyuma, who Arisu does admit uh, that he wishes that Kiyuma could live on with him and that they would be good friends um, even outside of this world. But that led me to th- kind of think like, are we like, we've even brought this up on the first podcast. Like, are these people even really dead? But, that is a question for way later, probably a couple seasons from now. Uh, but the only real okay. answer we get out of Kuma in the end is that they used to be players as well. So that kind of confirms everything we were saying in the first podcast. We kind of had theorized based off what we had been seeing that maybe if you win all the games, you get presented the option to become a citizen, which is what Kuma confirms of us. Usagi. Honestly, Usagi's yeah, going to switch sides. Yeah, there's there's a chance, but she doesn't. Uh, to me, she doesn't fit the bill of like those Yaba and Banda players. Like, yes, she mm-hmm. does want to live here, but she doesn't quite match the personalities of those. She's not guys. evil enough. So uh, we were kind of talking maybe? about this. Wicked maybe? <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this a little bit, but um, the players that are still alive at this point, are they like sick, twisted weirdos or are just really smart and know how to play the games and have respect for the games. So it makes sense that that's who becomes the citizens. If you play long enough, then A, you either learn to respect the game and how it brings people close, even under these horrible circumstances, what it can do with, uh, you know, relationships with some random people, um, or B, you're a sick, twisted person that likes killing people. Like, Abs and bangs from the first episode. Anna, Anna, was I? No, and Mira. Her Mira, name is Mira. Her name is Mira. Sorry, I mess. I'm mixing them up. Your it point. Seem- I was going to say your point bears a question again that I've been saying since last year, last season. Like, how long have some of these people been here? You know, Cuma's team has obviously been here long enough to win every game and become citizens. Like, I just, I don't think we'll ever get an answer to that. But uh, I think we will. You think so? I, I wonder. Yeah, I mean, not to jump too far ahead, but um, eventually we get a little video of Anne, and she's talking about how time works differently here. But is oh, that true? But is that for like the like? I, I took that as the organisms that are there, like the plants and um, animals, versus then people. Like the people, time would still be the same, but. I don't really know how I would describe it, but it seemed like uh, to me, I didn't take it as like the time works differently for people. It's just the objects in the world. Time moves differently for one thing. Maybe thinking too, is that if people go to this world at different time intervals at different times, like, is there not a lot of missing persons? Like when we open up episode one, Arisu, Karube and Chotar in the quote unquote real world at this point, are there not people that are in borderland? playing games yeah yeah they're like is there not like a bunch of missing persons in 
Japan slash Tokyo. Maybe they're just all cover-ups. Like if the government's behind this game yeah. or whatever, maybe they just have ways to cover it up. Um, like a crazy death accident or if it's nobody, maybe they just wipe them off the face of the yeah. map. I think that's um, an interesting perspective too of what is happening in the world that they left behind. I mean, The Leftovers, I haven't seen it. People love that television yeah. show. That show kind of uh, looks at that side of things of if all these people disappeared, what would it be like for the people that were left? And I'm curious if we ever get that perspective of what's going on for what they left behind. So I actually have um, a small theory about this. The, and I don't, okay. Maybe I should say, let's say I'm going to save it for the video when we get through the, to the, like that film that we watch. Okay. I'm going to save it. Sounds good. And then Odyssey just has one final question, whether they, just asking the one that everyone wants to know is, will they get to go back or not if they win? To which Kieran replies, if that's what your intuition is saying, then maybe that's your truth. I was pissed at hearing this answer. Odyssey was pissed at hearing this answer because it doesn't really answer anything. I think Kyle had said it uh, maybe off pod, but just saying that it's allowing Odyssey to just create his own path is what he's pretty much saying there, that you shouldn't just follow my lead, um, that you shouldn't follow my lead, Odyssey. Like you're your own person. Just create the world, like just create your own destiny, kind of that cheesy, cheesy feeling. But um, just doesn't really answer anything from uh, for anybody here at all. But to move on, we get the quick death of Tata. Um, the the group buries him, and we do get a little bit of a Naragi emotion uh, here because he does thank Tata in the end for saving him, even though he is a piece of shit. He is grateful for the life that he's been given. So I think that just was an important tidbit that I wanted to bring up for Naragi because where it stands for me, like I don't, he's fuck he's, him. I, I, I hope agree. I hope he yes. never becomes right. like quote unquote good. I hope he always redeemed, just stays yes. at this like little like fucking psychopath that pops in and out of the story sometimes. Where like they roll up to a game, it's like this motherfucker again. He, I he just like, think he should be dead. Seven chances for redemption, and just didn't take one of them. Yeah. yeah, he should just be like like a like a super evil team rocket where we just run into him every now and again, and he just like creates a little chaos and then just goes away, and then we run into him again. And Naraki is blasting off again. Yeah, exactly like that. I would be okay with that. He also should look way more fucked up than he does, but whatever. You know what? I forgot to say this in this last episode, but when he took his head wrapping off, that was like the only part of his body that was like clean and like, well, like, why did he have it <laughs> He wasn't covering anything up. His forehead was like completely unscarred. Like his hair was all still there. That made me yeah, laugh. Yeah, just that that was, I thought that was a little interesting because he got burned, <laughs> right? Like his whole body was burned. To me, yeah. I, I do feel like maybe I'm just a little bit crazy, but and spoiled in the sense, but to me, it does feel like there was a little bit of drop off with like CGI and makeup a little bit. And maybe, I don't know if you guys had kind of felt that some of the bullets, like when they're going getting fired, feel oh, a little yeah. bit weird to me. Um, but that's just not I'm willing to important. accept it when they give us games like this game. King of clubs was pretty good. And then when they give us games like Jack of hearts, when they don't need to have all of that CGI, I mean the the head ex- neck exploding stuff looked real enough to me to be like, yes, okay, fuck, yes. that's crazy. But when they get into games like that, it's that's when the show fucking shines a hundred percent. He just looks like he's like a fucking uh, like a like a dollar store shishio. Yeah, he is. That, he's, he's like has like he's like little tufts of hair like spoken through. He's like wrapped up all bandaged, but it just like doesn't. Yeah, fucking shishio's Walmart brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I might be lower than that, bro. But Kyle mentioned it, the Jack of Hearts. That's where we're headed to next in the Teo prison. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the Teo prison, where Take we get the perspective cruise. of a new character who ends up, I'll just say his name now, being Banda, who was a former serial killer from the quote-unquote original world. 
And he has just a very calm and mysterious presence to him. The camera definitely was focusing on him uh, for a lot of this intro. And definitely for us, we knew that this was that meant that he was going to be a big part in this show. But either way, he enters the prisons with or the prison with 19 other people. And one of those people being our fucking boy, Chishia. And you knew immediately that he was just going to run train through this game. There was no worries whatsoever that he was going to have any issues. And that's exactly what it was. Although the game itself was just amazing. But Shashia is just that much more amazing that it just wasn't even a, a worry for him. So we're not going to... Uh, it, it was maybe, a little bit at the end there. Maybe it was It was a little It was a little tight. It was a little close. 50-50 is pretty close, man. 50-50. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty tight. But yeah, I mean, I was like... Used, I said it when I watched it with Dave and Luke. I'm like, dude, if this fucker dies right now, I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah. There's no fucking way. So we're not going to yeah, cover... I just, dude, Arisu could die before Chishia dies. <laughs> Get the, I love the take out of here, bro. I love the take. I love no. the take. Um, no way. Yeah. But yeah, so we're not going to cover the rules for this game as they are just so long and and there's just there's no point. We've all seen the episode. So the game, scar- the game starts and everyone plays it safe. They just immediately start grouping up into teams of at least two just to get someone else to confirm what the, uh, the symbol is on the back of their head. Uh, and so the first couple of rounds, everyone plays it safe. They all just they no one lies and everyone lives. But then we get our first incident with the muscle head, the meat head of the group who is bullying his partner into telling him what his symbol is um he gets shoved to the ground where banda the new character that we got introduced to kind of pulls up to the victim who's on the ground and whispers in his ear to just lie to the muscle head to get him to die eventually and this kind of sets off a chain effect of okay that guy just killed his partner so he must be the jack let's kill him oh he wasn't the jack that person voted to kill him so you know it was just a chain of just people are just getting betrayed and not trusting. our our cartoonishly evil arumi character in the in their nice little blue dress while she was sucking down lollipops or sugar sticks whatever those fucking things were (laughs) it was just i i mean i to myself obviously wrote down in the beginning of who i thought the jack would be i thought it was going to be the nerdy guy in the tie who looked like he was running around like a little bug like a little worm and i wasn't feeling great about it like i thought it was almost too over the top in the opposite way that a roomie was over the top Mm -hmm. she was like obviously very evil and wanted to kill people but he was like the other way and i'm like okay okay not bad and then when he finally tries to convince the other girl once we're down to only a few people left to kill both the roomie and the other old guy I was like, oh, hell yeah, baby. Like, this is very Jack of Hearts. And then obviously he dies. And I was scrambling <laughs> to find <laughs> to find a new character to who I thought it would be. Yeah, right off the rip, I thought it was the Alice in Wonderland ripoff character just because of the outfit and the parallels to it being Alice in Wonderland. And then she just started tackling the game. And I was like, okay, not her. It's way too obvious. She's just actually just crazy and just accusing random people of being the Jack and just getting her way, sure. which my main thought there was that she should have been dead rounds before she actually was because the group should have just after like the first one or two the group should have just been like okay you're out of your fucking minds yeah. you're the jack of hearts that's just yeah. how that was the only thing i had i mean i was totally convinced that every person that i saw on screen was the jack of hearts like i would see they would show somebody and i'd be like oh it's totally then they look so innocent they die then show the next person i'm like ah oh, dude it could easily be that person they yeah. die so um, I didn't really have a great guess. I just, nobody in particular stood out. Um, but I mean, they almost spoon fed it to you that it might be this creepy girl. What was her name? I apologize. Allison Rumi. Arumi, yeah. Um, 
And totally agree. Surprised she even lasted that long. But she's the type of crazy person that I was talking about that are alive like and are able to survive these games. She's absolutely nuts. But the other people in the game kind of disprove it a little bit because how did they survive this long? One of my biggest questions and gripes about this, how are these sheep lucky enough to make it here? What I had said, I I think it was off pod, but what I had just guessed, this is, again, just playing devil's advocate here, but just like maybe they were just chilling by the beach and you know the the witch hunt game goes off and they're not at the beach like it's not like everyone in participating in games was at the beach for that witch hunt game so maybe just a few of these people who were just living casually just kind of collecting they, they won they won and then they got coincidentally are now into the face games with everyone else and like we see like that like older woman and like a daughter it looks like to her and it's just like how i agree it's just like how are these people still this far but i think some of them just are just actually using the full extent of their visas versus going into game, into game, into game. What we talked about earlier of people get into the game at different points in time. I mean, they could be newer players. I don't, we don't know at this point, like now that we're on the face card level have, I mean, I don't, I don't, this is like an analogy or a metaphor or whatever, but like has the immigration office closed down? Like there's, there's no more people being allowed in. Like what is going on? I don't, I mean, I guess we don't know yet. Yeah, true. That's a good point. But so the episode episode three ends with only five remaining le- members left. We have Chishia, Banda, we have the Dom and Sub couple, and the, the suit guy's name is Yaba. We'll just establish that now. And then lastly, of course, we have Chishia. And Chishia's partner had just killed himself. He just couldn't handle the pressure of sacrificing all these people to just find the Jack of Hearts. So he ended up killing yeah. himself, which puts Dude, he was Chishia. So close. Yeah, he was right there. And it puts Chishia in an, a terrible spot, obviously, because now everyone is led to believe that it's him because he just yeah. killed his partner, whereas the other two pairs had stayed alive. I was super interested in the dynamic of suicide, which is a phrase that's ridiculous to say, but we're, we're talking about TV here. It creating, like, sowing a different level of distrust because, like, it was obvious that him and Chasia were boys and partners, and then he dies. So there wasn't enough people for it and not enough time for it to become a storyline, but I kind of wish that had become, like, a storyline on its own. I guess if we had infinite time and things like that, it could have. But like the idea that your partner ends up just killing themselves versus you actually lying to them and how that creates people being against you and all that kind of stuff. I thought that would be interesting, but it's obviously more interesting to watch Chishia just go to work, which is what we got instead. He actually got super unlucky, like very lucky that nobody else accused him, but unlucky that his partner just decided to commit suicide. Because that put him in a 50-50 shot that, of course, he was going to win. But to start off in episode four, Chishia is trying to weasel his way in with some of the remaining team members since he has no teammate left. The first one he meets up with is the Jack of Hearts. And um, he's just saying pretty much that the person that he's teamed up with is a serial killer, Banda, and that he's most likely the Jack of Hearts. Chishia tells him that his symbol is a spade, which it is. And the Jack of Hearts lies to Chishia, saying that he's he has the heart symbol, even though he's actually a diades diamond and so he then meets with the sub who he tells he thinks that yaba is a little bit of a con man and just not totally trustworthy so why not get uh an extra set of eyes on the on the collar to make sure that she that he is telling the truth just tells her she's a heart which she is and asks her specifically if he's a club to which she doesn't respond to, but I like the way that she awarded it because that would have eliminated at least one more suit for him. If she, depending on what yeah. the answer is, but either way, I think he would have it eliminates an option for him, so it narrows it down to just two for him. 
this is an aspect of the episode that is so fun to like enjoy it for the first time and then to watch it like for a second time watching the second time you know at this point she believes that he knows who the jack is and he's correct about it but he also that's like part one of the puzzle but he also still needs to live he needs to know and find out what his suit is so he's confident that he knows who the jack is but he obviously needs to live to get there so then he has to go on this little journey of of narrowing it down like finding a way to narrow down what the hell's on the back of his neck and he just does it like a fucking boss he just goes to them like you said he puts the one answer in front of her to then check that box off he knows that it's not whatever the guy said to him because he he know because he knows he's the jack and the jack will obviously lie to him it's just like i like we said earlier this was one of the best games if not the best game and it's just so fun to even watch a second time when you know the answer to it and it's just better yeah, that Jasia uh, is the one participating in this game, too. But go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I don't know if it was just he got lucky or not. But in the very beginning, um, when everybody's in the waiting room for the instructions, he has his hood up and his hood is covering the back of his collar. So I don't know if it's like, yo, I can't see the back. I don't know if it'll give away an, uh, or give my enemies an advantageous position if they can see it. So I'm going to cover it up. Like he's already thinking steps ahead. He doesn't know the rules, but he's taking all these precautions. Or, you know, he's just a boss who likes to have his hood up. But I like to think it's the first one and he saw it all. Coming. Oh, it definitely was. It definitely was the first option. I think you're right, Paul. <laughs> but then uh, Banda and Yaba meet in the bathroom real briefly, uh, just establishing the fact that the two just do not see eye to eye. And then Shishia uh, utters to himself that this will be the final round. So Yaba goes off and tells the sub that she is the heart, that she is a heart. And she tells him that he is Diodis. I love saying that. But, <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> but Yaba seems very concerned because he obviously knows that she's lying. Um, and then Bonda goes to his partner, the Jack, who he tells he's a spade, which he actually was. And then the Jack tells Bonda that he's a spade, even though he was a heart. Now, the round end and originally only uh, the Jack of Hearts comes out. He laughs maniacally, um, saying that he's won all cockily. And then Shashia opens his door and the Jack of Hearts just begins to cower. So we find out that he... Uh, what set Shasia off first was the fact that he teamed up with Banda in the first place because no one why in the right mind would anyone team up with a serial killer. And the fact that um, the Jack of Hearts was so quickly to work with Banda, not just like kind of establishing a relationship first and then kind of trust each other. They just went full at it right away. And that was just a yeah. red flag for um, Shashia. Then Banda comes out. And the electronic music that plays here when Bond is coming out of the the door, I just it's so fucking hype because you just know that these are just two badasses just coming for the fucking Jack of Hearts. And Bond is explaining to him that he knew that he was being controlled by him. Uh, the big thing that gave it away was the superiority complex. And then Yaba comes out to conclude that um, he also knew it was that uh, the emo kid was the Jack of Hearts because his sub had lied to him essentially. And there was essentially Chishia had picked up on this snack routine that Banda and the sub were in on together. It was their way of communicating the suit. So the sub kind of was working on paper or face to face with Yaba, but in the back just had another, I guess, backup partner to confirm what the suit was. And it was the Jack. The question I have is, do we feel somewhat cheated by that answer of like, that's how like I didn't watch it back enough to like notice how many scenes that was actually happening in but it felt like like obviously like for example with the banda yaba 
uh, conversation that they originally give us, it's negative. They're not into each other. They are both kind of earth. It's very adversarial. And then we go back and we get the full conversation, which is the second half being let's team up. Let's be boys. Let's like conquer this world, which is okay. Whatever. Like there's, we couldn't really have guessed that because they didn't give it to us, but the, the cookie stuff felt like, I don't know. It felt like it was impossible to, for us to guess that. I maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. No, you're totally right. It was pro- it was definitely impossible for us to guess it. But the scenes that we had seen as flashbacks were actual scenes that happened in the third episode. Oh, yeah. So we get on to a certain degree that yes, there is like like they're both guy. in the snack room at the same time. Yeah, but, but we don't know the level us. of like the exact cookies they're going. I mean, I guess we could have noticed they have the same snacks. Oh, that and even using the snacks as a tool to communicate as part of the game, just even guessing that part would have been, you know, almost credit enough if you're paying that much attention. Oh my God. But, yeah. You yeah. would have been a God. Well, if yeah. you could have picked, I guess picked up on that. I was just curious of like the scenes that they showed us of it all actually going down. Were those actually scenes that they showed us? Like yeah. In episode so, three earlier. So um, my, my, I guess single issue with that is if the girl and the Jack of hearts actually, they obviously, agreed upon this strategy they teamed up behind the scenes when did that conversation take place yeah because because the emo guy the jack of hearts is a slave to bonda the serial killer the whole time like when did he break off and have a conversation with this girl who is latched on to yaba you know what i mean that's just my only like i think plot hole from that thing because yeah it doesn't make it impossible to guess no yeah that he was the Jack. I guess it, it adds in the wrinkle of that she was working with him a little bit. I mean, granted, I thought that she was going to end up being the Jack. But right. it just felt like... like Because they gave us... when Because Chish, Chishia's side of it, because he's like, you when you latch on him too quickly, like we see that perspective. Like We we saw them interact in the beginning. He's a menace to him. He talks all that shit, and they still become friends. And Chishia is explaining to overalls, yellow overalls, uh, his friend that ended up killing himself that like these people are this these people are that and then he watches the interaction he doesn't say anything like he doesn't give out the game for what he's thinking about those two which was a bit of a red flag but like they gave us that so like we know mm-hmm. that that happened and it just yeah, that's felt, true it just felt like and again i could have just missed it it just i was just curious what you guys had thought about that level of explanation into it well i yeah. mean i think i think us seeing the other angles is just you know, the cameramen, quote unquote, like showing us different angles of the same side of the coin, you know, like yeah. different side of the same coin. Um, You know what? Actually, I want to tie this into something that we all enjoy. You know, we all play the game werewolves, whatever the real game is called. What is it called? One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Yeah. So when the actual Jack of Hearts accepts Yaba and takes him as his partner, basically absolving him to the rest of the people around that he could be the jack of hearts you know what i mean it reminds me of like when we play werewolves and somebody's like all right v's up i'm a villager and then it's only like one person saying it and then obviously more like i feel like 80 percent of the time of a werewolf's like i'm a villager you know what i mean like he takes that opportunity and i just since we like play that game i feel like maybe we could have seen it but i didn't see it (laughs) I love the comparison because it, the werewolves is honestly very similar to the game that like this is very similar. Yeah, it totally is. It's like among us. Yeah. One question I had this had created for me as well is like I had just said, I thought that there was a chance that the woman was going to end up being the Jack of hearts. 
But then that created the question for me is, is it possible for a woman to be the Jack? Because we've only seen, well, we've seen the king of clubs be a, a king, be a man. And then we've seen, I guess we're anticipating that the queen of hearts will be, be a Nero. woman. Yeah, we're <laughs> guessing that it's her. We haven't seen the king of spades always been cloaked. But I don't, I don't know if that will end up being a thing. That could be a plot twist later on where they got us into this lull of assuming we know. I suspect it's gender, gender neutral, but that's just me. I yeah, think it's gender I think it neutral. Could, I think it would be better that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And the only way for us to know is when we get into it. Like, I don't think the next like I don't think the next queen game we get into will be the hearts. But if we go into, like, let's say the queen of spades, then that'll be definitely a big determining factor of whether it is gender based or not. I want to comment on the girl. See, I never suspected her because I was under the impression that she had been like running with Yaba prior to the game. Mm-hmm. I That's understood fair. that they didn't meet that. Like they didn't meet in this lobby. Yeah. I thought he, they knew each other. He would have unreal games. Yeah. Like they that's had just some met riz. in the lobby and then yeah. he was banging, just banging her. Dude. That, that's some Riz. That, that was, was your, that was your sexy note. There you go. I do think though that Yaba has based off what we've seen now that he survived the Jack of Hearts game to me, how I picture it going was that Yaba is just so good at, I guess, picking up on certain cues, like maybe what kind of person you are. He saw that she was kind of the more reserved, more looking for power kind of person. And he probably just hopped on that opportunity. He was like, all right, this is who I'm going into this. Like, I'm just going to make a friend with this girl. Like, obviously get some ass as a side piece like that that's great too for him but i think just for him i think he he just knows how to work the game i think you're right i think, no, they, I think they knew each other they described I I was him, an idiot. true but no but they described him as a con man right maybe this guy yaba was like a salesman in his in his real world life and as a good a good salesman's able to like read other people and and kind of pick up on those cues like you're talking about dave and and be able to make the sale you know on the contrary yeah, um, Banda is a serial killer, so he's a sociopath and he's a master manipulator, and like all of that plays into kind of how they won the game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think he sold? Fish, life insurance, L- like uh, <laughs> oh, probably I think like stocks or something like like shares. He was probably a, like yeah, a scumbag okay. broker or something. Yeah, so he was Tupperware. How you saying that? Say it again. Tupperware. Tup, tup? Tupperware. Tub? Nah, he said Tupperware. <laughs> oh, Tub? Paul just throws no, his beans. Spell it for me? Spell it for me? Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, just kidding. You've never seen that clip? He was selling uh, contraception. He was like, hey, try this. <laughs> Let me prove it how it works. Clap, 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 clap. A free clap. trial. We're... <laughs> All right, we're losing the plot. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. So the biggest twist within a twist potentially here is going to be that Yaba and... Banda, right? Banda. Banda. I was going to say Bunda, but I know it's yeah, not Bunda. It's Bunda. <laughs> we were, we were, we were saying it nonstop during the episodes. Bunda. Okay, I know, I knew it wasn't Bunda, but I had to just get that, get that out. But that the fact that they kind of are, we're leaving this game with them now. I think being a, a, a force. I think there's something at least for us to consider moving forward. They're not really aligned with our team. Mm-hmm. They have their own motives. And they are, like Alki said, they're very intelligent characters. They also, like Alki also said, they play well with each other in the sense that Banda doesn't really have a personality or emotions. And this other guy is like a con man and salesman. So they kind of complement each other very well in those ways. Mm -hmm. So I didn't expect to walk out of here with like that level of of new characters involved. And I'm, I'm very, very, very 
Happy yeah, I'm really excited. These are the first guys besides Arsu and Chishia that are on that level of like they're they're able to to read context clues and mm-hmm. think on a higher level to help solve the problems of whatever game faces they're facing. So it's really exciting. And they, they do it in their own way. Like they're obviously chaotically evil. You know, they're not morally good like Arisu is. And Chisha is a little bit neutral, but he doesn't seem evil to me, at least yet, Kyle. But these guys are clearly psychotic. And there's something too here with what you guys were saying with them. Like they have clearly they're on this. They have the same goal in mind of we need to beat the games and but like they want to conquer it as they made that clear in like their bathroom conversation. I was I mean, to play off that, I was shocked that we didn't really realize or ever talk about the fact that there would be other players doing that. Yeah. Naturally, like we see our team like, OK, we're making a game plan like the King of Clubs is here. We need answers. Let's go to the King of Club. Naturally, there would be other people. And doing, sorry. trying to do the same thing. I mean, they're insane because they're doing it solo dolo, almost on the fly, but like they're doing literally the same exact thing. And we see it too when they, after the game, it's Yaba and Banda are the ones interrogating the Jack of Hearts for answers. We should have just assumed that there would be other people yep. like that because, I mean, if some random person had beaten this Jack of Hearts game, like I don't think they, maybe like the average person would think to interrogate the Jack of Hearts. I don't like they yeah. want that extra step to try and get answers out of him, but he obviously just caved immediately and just didn't give an answer and just ended up choosing to die by suicide rather than have them get answers. Yeah. I mean, they're everyone for the most part is just trying to survive and they have ascended kind of that mission almost. Yeah, we're like they're above just survival. All these fodder people who were playing these small-minded games, like Arumi, probably thought she was on their level, but she's clearly not. I mean, she's still only thinking of that like base level of like surviving and manipulating people. She's not going above and beyond to actually manipulate the game and find out answers about the game itself. Right. She yeah, definitely still it. found it fun though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Sure. I love it though. I, we need this. It, it was fun last season when we had the villains at the beach, like Naragi, like Last Boss. Like Agni, these guys seem like they're a step up to that. Oh yeah, which is amazing, and it's just nice to have this third faction that's not the citizens that we're playing games against. They're not us. They're something completely different. It hope keeps it interesting, and that's like the beach was definitely one of the more interesting aspects of season one. Absolutely, so it definitely, and that's probably again what you were saying with why it kind of feels like it has that season one vibe again because we have another faction like the beach. Speaking of the the misfit shit I mentioned earlier, last boss was like a shut-in blogger who never saw the light of day. So (laughs) he's not coming back, bro. We got Naragi, we got Agony. He's not coming back, dude. They obviously set the serial killer and businessman to come back later. And it gets me really excited because one, you don't know if they're going to be in the same game as, you know, our crew Two, maybe they find the answer and become citizens before our crew. And that's just wild. And then they're going to have to face them again. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, another option, it reminds me in Hunter Hunter when they're doing Greedo Island, when they have to play volleyball with Ahsoka and like kind of play and have a, a villain or not like a good person on your team like mm-hmm. all any of those options would just be so cool so really uh really good setup for what could possibly come in the future yeah they're definitely not going to join the squad right away if ever at all they're definitely going to be characters that come back in a game later on that i hope is like maybe the final showdown maybe it's like r5 versus their five or something along those lines but that would be just absolutely badass like this is absolutely not the end of either of these characters yeah i want like a standoff where like we've always kind of throughout our time reading and watching one piece of like matching up straw hats with blackbeard pirates Mm -hmm. 
and I want the same for this. That would be sick if we get down to like even numbers and it's for some reason it's an even game and we're maybe Chishia flip sides and then it's no, Odyssey versus Odyssey versus Chishia are the two heads of both sides. Nah, it's going to be Usagi that flip sides, Paul, because she wants to stay and be a citizen and not leave the world. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. And we're, but we're going to get, like you said, Chishia, we're going to get that scene where they roll up and those uh, and Yaba and, and Bunda make those comments <laughs> like, <laughs> that they that they know Chishia and they're all going to, Adisu and Kuina and them are going to turn their heads and be like, how do you know these motherfuckers? Seems like, don't worry about it. Bunda! Yeah, they're chumps. I beat them in a game and they're pissed. <laughs> So we have we end uh, the prison scene with Chishia just walking out like a fucking boss, just blimp in the background. He turns, he looks at it, and he's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then just continues on with his day as if nothing happened. And then the game ends. And this is where a lot of a lot more questions start to pop up for us. The game ends and we get some footage. It kind of is reminiscent of the footage that we see in season one, which I'm sure it probably was the same footage. But we get some com- random comments about fireworks and then we get this introduction to this guy named Kaito Kageyama. Shout out to Kageyama all day. Hi, Q. Hey. Yeah, love that name. Um, nice, Q. And it's just perspectives of some people, you know, some the guy filming gets one guy on camera saying, oh, I love this place. There's no laws like I can just shoot and kill easily. I don't like I just don't care here. It doesn't. It's great. Another person saying, oh, this world sucks. Like I just smoke weed all day. I get so loony <laughs> off this weed, man. And she's like, <laughs> it's like, OK, the guy okay. In the back's like playing a tie dye guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's it, again it's another little parallel maybe to season one of we had season one the big kind of reveal at the end was that the girls and sorry to them because they made some good sacrifices for us but I don't remember what their names were but they had been recording and we find their phone and we watch it and then we go to the train station and this is like a, just a different version of that it's almost a more elevated version of that like I oh, just definitely. love like the world building aspect of like there's just normal people in this world trying to survive and this guy undertakes this this project almost that's awesome it's so cool now that we have this it's cool because we got the phone video footage before because they were in they were dealers and now this guy you know because he can't use electricity he's using this real this uh i forget exactly what he calls it something film eight millimeter film eight millimeter yeah film to capture everything so it's cool that he's just going around filming everything he sees and just insane luck that they like come across it, but not yeah. really because obviously this dude's dying and he almost seemed to like stay alive until he could pass the footage on to whoever the fuck came across it. I and love it just, that he's just like film. And then, oh, thank God I did it. And then it just dies. Yeah. And they're like, huh? Yeah. I, I For film? some reason, even when he said film, I was like movie. And then they're like, oh, let's check the van. I was like, I didn't even yeah. think about checking the van. And then there was all this film in there. I was like, okay, now it makes sense. But um. Well, I mean, this is like the money conversation. I feel like like we want to talk probably more about like this and the King of Spades and like the little settlement village. But I mean, yeah. the things that happened before this is essentially, again, we do go back to season one a little bit. Arisu's down in the dumps. Usagi's there to pick him up a little bit. They yeah. Kuina leaves to go find Chishia and Anne. Which, which is, may be sad. Oh, yeah. Sad, but I love that we're going to probably get that reunion and hopefully mm-hmm. she can bring them back. But And then we just go out hunting. At, <laughs> it's just like a the little... Worst. Like, a little the slice of life, scene. little yeah, rabbit hunting bullshit that that rabbit a sticks around or all of those rabbits stick around. It was like the interlude. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect, and it just leads us into them discovering all of these bodies, which was like, holy fuck, okay, now we're getting back into it. 
the one thing from the film, at least for the first time we saw it, like right after the game, um, when they said fireworks, I was kind of like that. My ears perked up because in season one, we had definitely had conversations like I think it was specifically Paul who had mentioned that the fireworks were going to be some kind of big piece in all this. And at the time, it seemed kind of ridiculous because it was just like, you know, they just mentioned the fireworks and then they got transported. So it didn't really seem that there would have maybe been a connection, but specifically in the film, there's a hesitation of just all the word is, is fireworks. And so that for me, as someone who have, we've recorded this in from season one, it's just cool knowing that we're kind of on the right track with the fireworks ended up being something that is going to be a big determining factor on how they got to where they are now. Um, don't know and, what that is, but it's certainly a big cue. And seeing all these people, you know, not one of them really disproves the, the only people in the game are like outcasts or people not contributing to society because, you know, everybody, the one guy's like, Oh, I fucking love it here. You know, there's like, Oh, no fucking rules. Yeah. So like he obviously yeah, didn't fit in the real world. Yeah. Um, that chick who's just a druggie, a hippie Stoner. apparently. Yeah. What a piece of shit. Yeah. What, oh, is, wow. what a social outcast. What if <laughs> Paul just disappears one day? <laughs> Well, they will know that that same girl who talked about the fireworks, she said that she was remembered getting like some kind of drill in her brain, brain surgery, yeah, so which yeah, was, was young. So the thing was, is people don't remember how they get there, but they do remember previous events. But she was saying that she had remember, like she had in the way past had had a surgery. And because she had this drill that she was unaffected by it. But right as she's about to say, she's, she makes the comments, fireworks, they weren't actually boom, dead, bang. So what do we have any assumptions on what she was trying to say? Like they weren't actually there. They weren't real. Like that was the first thing that came to my mind, but that doesn't answer anything. Yeah. So this is this is my um, this is where I wanted to bring up this theory that I was talking about earlier. I have a small theory that, OK, when we see Arsu karube and chota get into borderland they jump in this stall or whatever and then they seemingly transport for lack of a better word into borderland but kyle you mentioned that if all these people are in borderland how is this not raising any alarms you know in the real world like there's obviously a lot of people missing i whatever entity is involved this higher power entity that is making these people go through these events I'm thinking, and there's some loopholes to this, um, but, excuse me, potholes, I theorize that the people in the game are, quote, unquote, dead in the real world, and they are, like, frozen or, or like, just, like, kidnapped by these entities and then propped up to, like, seemingly just transition into Borderland through a portal or something. But in reality, like they were kidnapped or killed and then reanimated and it's staged to seem like they just went into the stall, for example, and then like walked out into Borderlands. And this is like their way of only being able to continue their life, if you want to even call it life yeah. at that point. That makes sense, too, because maybe what she was saying, too, is, I mean, this is such a stretch, but they weren't fireworks. They were actually explosions. And we were just like we were exploded or something like all of our bodies were killed and then they were dragged off somewhere. Like, I, like again, that's Could just be. such a long shot, but it's, it's funny because the way that it was shown, you know, cinematically is like they run into the stall and then the power goes out and then they walk out and they're in borderland. Mm -hmm. But just like how we saw now with this, um, Jack of hearts game, 
just because of what they show us doesn't necessarily show all of what's going on. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think it's a stretch, but this thing about getting drilled and the fireworks, it's like, I, I, I will, I'll, I'm really curious to see how they explain this, like, um, sci-fi reasoning or explanation to how they enter this world. You know what I mean? I just like, we haven't, Besides this laser shooting down people in the head, we haven't seen like this crazy technological advancements that would prove this world exists. You know what I'm saying? Paul, continue. Ready for this theory? Okay. Oh my God. This is going to wrap everything together. Let's go. So she was going to say that the fireworks aren't real fireworks. They were, uh, I'm a piece of shit fireworks. That means only (laughs) the pieces of shit could see the fireworks, right? (laughs) So Chota was the one that goes, oh, look, fireworks. When they were all running away from the accident they caused, Mm -hmm. Chota was the piece of shit. Fireworks saw it. Somebody with cameras was like, all right, beam that guy up. We're bringing him into the borderlands. They all hide in the stall together. They accidentally bring Karube and Arisu into the Borderlands when they're really on, only going for Chota, but they were all hiding in the stall together. Accidentally bring all three. The rest is history. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I no mean, one can disprove that. So. My, my theory <laughs> yeah. kind of my theory kind of trumps like the misfit outcast theory. This new theory, I'm saying, you know, but I don't know. It's it's just I'm trying to reason. I'm trying to make this shit makes sense you know what i'm saying like i said this this episode gave us some answers but if anything definitely just gave us more questions than answers absolutely but i guess a little bit before that they adisu and Anne go on this hunting trip which definitely or sorry usagi and adisu go on this hunting trip which definitely made me feel better about the relationship absolutely they're all in good spirits adisu gets out of his little funk by him and usagi trying to catch rabbits and it was it was good to see again. I just think they need to have just another conversation to kind of just hash out what their objectives are and where they stand with one another is just probably my only thing that I have to say about that. But it was good at the end of the day to at least see that they're smiling together with one another. I'd really think that my, I mean, I can't say it's my favorite part of the episode because the Jack of Hearts stuff was, was really, really good. But I just am much more, I, I want to say I'm much more interested in the Anne perspective mm. and part of the video over the fireworks stuff. We forgot to. I, I just can't wait to run into her again. Real quick, I forgot to bring this up when they found the eight millimeter reel. But uh, to go along with that, we've already touched upon it, but it definitely could be a possibility that from all different time periods, people were drawn into this game. It doesn't have to be from like when Arisu, a little bit before or after. It could be like, you know, going on for years. We had this theory, or I had this theory last uh, season that Usagi was actually from a time like way before Arisu because he's trying to explain video games and she's like, what are video games? I don't get it. And he's like, they're, they're just like games that you play for fun on the screen. She's like, I, I don't understand. And then she goes to this camera, and when they find it, like, what is this? And they're like, oh, you can watch it. He's like, oh, you can watch it with this. She's like, this thing here? Like, she, like, doesn't know how it works. And it's crazy to be in the the modern age and not know how a camera works. So The only thing I will counter that with with is I'm pretty sure she saw the news about her father on a TV. Yeah, but how old was the TV? I mean, granted, it was pretty old. It was a pretty old TV, (laughs) but I mean, you're not like. Did you also find a clipping of it, like in that convenience store when the newspaper? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. My fucking theory for that, which we were talking about the fucking checkerboard in the intro theme title, that like they pull from different areas of Shibuya 
Mm-hmm. But each square on the checkerboard is like a different time period, and they just like teleport the town. But like, uh, oh, it, it's insane stretch. But like, like that would make sense. Square? That would make sense why there's like uh, cars from different eras, like in the town, and then you go to another one. It's like more modern cars like, and the, a fucking newspaper from like way back when. She sees her dad's suicide newspaper in there. Like the King of Spades just ends up being like Genghis Khan with a bunch of like machine guns. <laughs> Yeah, he's like been a crazy. player. He's been a player for like decades, forever, like centuries. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. just like jacked. If it's the guy, I hope he's like super jacked, like just a <laughs> nice like Fu Manchu mustache. Watch it be a girl. I would be okay with that too. That'd I would be totally crazy. be okay it's with definitely that. Definitely got it. It could definitely be a, a girl. There's but a one hundred percent a reason why they are concealing the identity of the King of Spades. Oh, if, if it's just, good. I mean, okay, maybe it's like he's some jacked guy that's cool, but it would be Usagi's dad. I yeah, was just gonna I, say, what if it's his, her dad? Yeah, Usagi's dad or Mira. Like it's, it's going that direction where it's gonna be like the reveal is gonna be very important. Mm-hmm. All right, and to wrap up the end of the episode, while they're after they're they've dissected the film and everything, the King of Spades shows up. They hear the rumbling outside, and it's the blimp hovering over their uh, the little RV that they're in, and the King of Spades is there, and so. Usagi and Arisu are running away and they kind of get a little bit separated. So I don't know how this is going to work with the start of episode five, but Arisu gets knocked out by a random stranger. And when he awakes, it's this girl who I definitely have high expectations for. The bow and arrow was definitely hot as fuck. She looked great. And so the one, expect- leg. Yeah. one leg true. Um, so the expectations are definitely there for her. But she says she does make the comment to Arisu saying his name like Arisu, like you something along the lines of like you messed up our plan and he's not gonna be happy or whatever um he's like who are you talking about and he's she's like Go over there and how do you even know my name oh that's yeah, what yeah. he called you oh yep. and so odyssey walks over and who else but fucking agony man i was so fucking hyped dude i cannot fucking believe it unbelievable we, we, we had talked about i had it was Paul or someone had mentioned it in the last episode. Like if Naragi's back, like what are the possibilities that we get like agony or last boss? I think we had definitely discarded the idea of last boss coming back, but like agony, we were like, uh, like not really like he ran into the fire. He took, he took some bullets. So there's no way, but of course he's fucking here. I was just going to say though, like, didn't he get lit the fuck up? Like, didn't he get shot everywhere? Yeah, he's a fucking oh, yeah. beast. I he mean, better. We bet we'll see some scars on his neck and his collarbone where he got all lit up by Naragi and tackled him into the fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I want to see what they, how they do his makeup and stuff. Cause I was a little bit underwhelmed with Naragi's. I'm not going to lie. I think it will yeah. be more subtle. I mean, he goes, he turns the corner. We see the camo pants. I'm freaking out. We know who it is before he even says the name. And uh, we're all excited. And, you know, we talked about this before, but Aoki, man, if Naragi and Agony both live, what are the chances? Last (laughs) boss lived. We can see the samurai. Last last boss is king of spades that's it he's just oh my god just wreaking absolute fucking havoc he traded in the sword for just an absolute arsenal of fucking guns (laughs) i have a question like where how does king of spades just see them and he just starts shooting exactly at their location like well he was there recently was that him was that i don't know why they were taking their time so was that him that caused the onslaught Okay. Oh, yeah, because yeah, sure. the blimp goes over. I and think they the, the even blimp follows him in the video. Like, oh, it's the King of Spades. Like, run. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I just like, like, for some reason yeah. I might have missed that. I just thought that maybe there was like a government faction that came in and was like, okay, 
murder all these people because they're about to just spill the beans on what's going on. But I like that it's it's probably yeah. better that it was the King of Spades that just showed up and then had wiped him out. Yeah, it was I mean probably- he's he's a terrible shot at this point when it comes down to it, but. But he can, he can totally, to he can raise, yeah, he can raise an entire settlement of just old people and bums. But <laughs> when it comes to fucking Arisu and Usagi, he can't hit the broadside of a barn. What do you guys think Usagi is? Yeah, that was a question I wanted to bring up too. Do you think like Usagi is going to be at that campfire? Do you think she went off on I think her she'll own? Come back. I can see like her and like the girl like having like a moment where like they're like at each other's throats. And then, you know this guy, like, like this guy that I'm like, wor- like stop, stop. They're both bitching about the person that they work with. Like Usagi's yeah. like, this guy is just such like a happy-go-lucky <laughs> dude, and this girl's like, this dude is sucks. He's like so depressed all the time. <laughs> they're just. Did you, you? Did you? I mean, I'm assuming we all kind of thought it was going to be Agony before the reveal. I honestly, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't know no. what to expect. Honestly, I was like, it. "Who the hell knows Arisu?" And then when I saw the pants, I was like, "Oh my god, it's fucking Agony!" Yeah. I have a question. I, you, I, I saw the traps. I was like, bro, that's Agony. I saw the shaved head and I was like, Agony. <laughs> I have a question. He, he said the name Agony and I was like, Agony. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. You know, the girl in the video who seemingly seemed who knew a lot about like their portal into this place. Hmm. That's not the same girl where we just met, right? With the one leg. I don't think so. The girl in the know, video I, clearly had her brains like splattered Scrambles. all over the world <laughs> and oh, i was okay. like they made it seem like that was fairly recently yeah like within like how many like do you think within a couple hours probably of that i would happening? I, I don't know they do some fuckery with time i guess a it, day i mean Adisu got all that shit done at the end of the game with tata's wrist in about two minutes from start <laughs> to finish so True. i'm not exactly sure Arisu was like able was, to hike a whole bike back and forth and don't get us started dude oh my god yeah yeah so they they kind of play with that a little bit but also i mean and did say in this episode time works a little funky here so maybe that actually is purposeful who can say and maybe the same thing with with maybe agony healed in a way because maybe he went like out of the city and maybe there's something with time and the the city limits and because and even said like i'm trying to get out of tokyo like time isn't working the same here maybe plants are like she's a nature essentially taking over far too quickly when you get to the outskirts of the city so maybe there's something with that okay so that's that's i'm glad you brought that up because now you just um a light bulb went off something that i keep bringing up is like this vegetation is taking over everywhere around tokyo you know how long are they there but and just answered that question that it actually doesn't really make sense because they haven't been there that long and the vegetation is even in the time that she started tracking it it's moving and growing much too fast for the amount of time she's been there which means that you know maybe the time that they have been in there it could be a very very long time but it's a lot shorter than i'm guessing possibly yeah, it's really starting to like get maybe not obvious but like they're really kind of hammering home like this idea of like where it's a separate world it's a completely different like plane almost of existence than where they came from and i don't know i i, I don't parallel universe I, again i'm gonna say i i just i'm hoping it's not a simulation but i don't know how it could not be 
like that there's something going on that where like their physical bodies weren't transported to like a completely different dimension because like what kind of tech are we talking about there i mean it doesn't yeah. need to be realistic but it needs to have some level of explanation and reasoning yeah unless we're talking about like wizards and magic which is yeah so that's what i was just gonna say like this manga is not like dragon ball z where people can like blow up planets you know like they're yeah. they're humans you know so there's got to be some kind of semi-logical physical explanation for how the shit's working out right. actually um, remember last season I like went on this huge fucking rant about how when we watched the video on those chicks phone it said like some shit on the boot up you know that's those are some I think important details that might tie into what Anne is talking about and kind of all that we're theorizing right now I don't remember what those words were what those that boot up screen said but I did think it was some hints I remember being pretty adamant about that so we should look back into that I should uh- in the terms of the technology aspect, um, maybe it's way in the future. So technology has advanced and they're like, all right, we're super overpopulated. Like, let's go back in time and people that didn't affect our mm-hmm. time at all. We can just pluck them out of the past like the garbage people. Um, and- it's a slow population growth for their own future. Yeah, something like that. But then fun. wouldn't that affect and, their future yeah wouldn't that then create the fact that their population never happened uh yeah, yeah it depends this on what time travel st- stuff this is yeah, why time travel stuff it, yeah i was also gonna say it depends that. on what kind of time travel perspective we're looking at from like is it the terminator one is it like back to the future you know like it's it's well, i mean it's it like the marvel one like, Time travel is supposed to be that, like, you can't, like, you're not supposed to be able to impact the future by going back to the past because then the future doesn't happen. Paul said it, Marvel. Yeah, the Marvel one. Yeah, the Hulk, Bruce Banner does not agree with that. Like, if you live one life, how can you go back and affect, or whatever? I, I, it's so hard to say. Obviously, we have no answers on this, but we could be completely wrong about this theory that we're breaking down for 45 minutes. Oh my God. Of course. Well, that's, oh, yeah. That's the fun. Yeah. That's That's the the good part. That's where we make our money, baby. They are now, we're getting into these high level kind of info dumps and like the main mission of our main characters now is to find out this information. So that's a great spot for us to be in as viewers. What are the uh, expectations? So we're, exactly at the halfway point now which is sad to say because if we just started this yeah. train and we're already halfway through it um down. but what do you think expectation wise like do we expect to see maybe Anne in the next couple of episodes do you think maybe she tackles her own game do you think she's kind of the kind of person that would be capable of pulling a chishia and tackling a, a I, by herself i would love that i would I feel love like that I, so I feel like i would love that too like if we already got chishia why not just do Fuck yeah. an Anne one i think we're gonna see a queen and Anne. That, I mean, Ooh, as long as know. it's like something that I just like when we get the games that aren't with Arisu, I just think it makes it just a little bit more. It just makes it different. It's a, just a different perspective entirely. It's fun. It's like when in, in Naruto and the tune-in exams, you see like all the cool yeah, characters the fight. fight. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah, I would totally be cool with if we see like a, a random pair go and play a game. I'm hoping though that. Uh, Kuina like is able to find Usagi and and or even maybe best case scenario Ch- Chishia and bring him back to Arisu and Agony and then they all take down the King of Space together because That's- we did kind of jump over but when Aris when the King of Space is chasing Arisu Arisu trips but then all these all this gunfire starts getting shot at the king of spades which yeah. makes him run away which mm. is 
obviously we see is Agni and this other girl. Um, so they have a plan and they're definitely the best chance of taking out. Yeah. I was phase. just going to say that. I think Agni is just based off what they're able to bring to the table. Agni just seems like the perfect matchup for the King of Spades. Like you want, you would want someone like physical bruiser to go up against yeah. that kind of firepower and Agni fits the bill. I mean, it's basically it's the game from season one. Same dude with a, Again, I mean, dude, yeah. a dude with a gun. Just take him down. Agony did that. Like, how much are we at the like the parallels are like Kyle? You brought it up, and now I can't stop thinking about. It. Like, I wonder like if at episode four was when the Agony like tag game was going on, and like he gets introduced. <laughs> nah, like, it was. I think it was, that was earlier two. Than that. I think that it was, was like one. Oh yeah, it was definitely. Two. Yeah, it was like one of the earlier. I ones. think. Yeah, oh yeah, Kyle is still alive and everything. It's so. it's, it's book one. <laughs> That's like the cover of book one of the of the manga is, is like what? is the is the horse head like, oh tag yeah, yeah, game. Tag yeah. Game. dude when this is all said and done i'm gonna go back and read this shit oh, oh. yeah it's gonna be great 100 percent. i wonder how many chapters it is do you guys know that i do not uh, i can get that I... for you answer for you but i don't know yeah, I, I i'm gonna say talk. though to go off paul's point I, I think it's reasonable to anticipate yeah that we take down the king of spades by the end of the season i mean like, we've taken down sure. what a jack a king that'll give us two kings maybe like Anne takes down like a queen game by herself maybe kuina meets back up with shashia and they take down like another jack game and maybe we we watch in the distance as like a blimp falls that we weren't involved with and we're assuming that it's bunda and yaba so bunda okay yeah okay i guess i'm more saying that i'm curious of like what our quota is of like how many face cards we can take down in season two. But that goes back to the original question we started the episode with. Maybe that was during the lost episode of how long is the show going to be? We don't know. Well, I was just going to ask you or tell you. So there are about, it looks like a 60 ish chapters, but it gets covered through. It looks like 18 volumes. So it's actually a pretty, pretty okay, heavy so like hitter. attack on Titan style chapters. I, I would guess so based off what I'm seeing here. Um, but I, that's a, like a lot of content, man. Yeah, like the the horse heads on. Okay, so it looks like maybe if I were to guess, season one is volumes one, two, maybe yeah. a little bit of three. How about this? If you're listening and you've read, tweet at us. Just tell us. Yeah, <laughs> tell yeah. us how far we are. I guess we can look it up, but I don't. I'm, like, I'm nervous about looking it up. I, like even right here, I'm like what you were seeing me doing yeah. on the screen was covering because I can see the covers and <laughs> yeah. I don't want the covers to give away too much. It says 60, 64. Yeah, I said that. That's the old. Okay, uh, my bad. <laughs> that's the old Kathleen special of googling something and ruining it for herself. She did yeah, that like I, she did it like three times during House of the Dragon. And I was like, you just just ask me, just text me, <laughs> <laughs> just stop ruining these things for yourself. I just feel like I just ruined a little bit for myself, and I do that <laughs> all live the time. on air. Live Dude, on air, you I, just did I, that. I, I, you not, do that. I do you that. look it up when we're just talking about not <laughs> I, looking it up. I do that all the time for Chainsaw Man. I'm like, dude, what is this person's name? I look it up and I'm like, oh, dead. <laughs> just find out like so much shit. Yeah, and I end yeah, up reading what... the entire manga so that I just feel a little less bad about just getting spoiled. I actually looked up recently what Arisu looks like, like in the, and I was so nervous about even doing that. He looked like oh, he looks fine. Like yeah, oh, he look he looks yeah. like good. The casting looks dude, like right Chota. On. I read the first few chapters. Chota, oh my god, he looks even more like a bitch than he does. Oh, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> so show. sure. Yeah, I'm so sure. like a virgin, classic beast. But yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. 
right. Does anyone have any parting shots or like predictions for the next few episodes? That was going to be my question is death poll. If we had to guess one character that was going to die by the end of the season going forward, who would it be? And I'm going to start because it just came to me and I think it's a nice easy one. I'm going to go with Agony. Ah, that would be mean. But yeah, yeah, so obvious. But yeah, I think it's I think it's there. Can't be different. Can't or can't be the same as mine. Okay, I'm going to say Bunda. Bunda. Okay. I'm going to say it's it. I'm going to say, uh, unfortunately, Kuina. I don't ah, want her Paul, to. I was thinking my... it as like a factual, logical one, but I don't want it emotionally. I, I felt know. like that, too. I felt like Kuina could die, too. That'll be hard-hitting. But I don't want to go with Paul, so I'm going to just I feel guess. like there's one name that I would probably add to this, maybe. I'm going to hear what you say before I put it out there. Um, Like, is it a crewman? Yes. A crewman, I love it. Yes. Chishia? No, I was gonna say and <laughs> I was gonna say Anne just because she was in you guessed. because she was in that film, I think that puts her as a high priority target. Maybe not like I mean, to anyone in specific particularly, but like she was a part of a video that has very important information in it. And I think whoever's in control of this would want to eliminate her no matter yeah. even if she doesn't know anything so if you want to make that around. your guess or you want to try and do another one i was gonna i was in between Anne and queena just because i'll give you both i was i was literally gonna say Anne too because we haven't really seen her much and yeah this video that you brought up is a good point but i just i don't know maybe like i'm overthinking it but i think it's like illogical that both girls would die i don't know i don't know we got a, a a male death with water rising. So we need to balance out the, the gender <laughs> no, <we> deaths <laughs> here. <laughs> That's not how it works. All right. Any final thoughts, any final predictions before we enter the second half of Alice in Borderland? No. We uh, and team up. Been in who? Yeah. Bit Girl shit out of my mouth the entire episode. So I don't have any more. Yeah. I'd, final parting shot would just be the blimps were disappointing. That's it. I won't explain it any further. The blimps were disappointing. Okay, we'll get All that. Right. Stick around, folks, if you want to hear Kyle's explanation <laughs> on why the blimps were disappointing. Anyways, that's going to do it for our podcast today for Alice in Borderlands episodes three and four. Currently, we are covering uh, a pitch town for Arcane, so go ahead and check that out. That's uh, one of the best animated shows of all time, in my opinion. So definitely listen to that. We have some rooks and vets uh, going for that one. We're also going to be covering Yellow Jackets coming in the new year, so be on the lookout for that. 2022 will be an immense year for television. 2023, and, brother. Or 2023, sorry. Yeah. And yeah. Just oh. in case, if this uh, the next Alice in Borderland episode doesn't drop, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Happy Holidays. Yes. Um, if you like what you heard today, please give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe to us on Patreon, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.